Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is John Trooper. This is Kate Prusser. This is Julio Rodriguez. Produced by Evan James Audio. This is Lookout Landing, Landing Podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Lookout Landing Podcast. My name is John Troopin. I am joined today by Kate Prusser, Managing Editor of Lookout Landing. Hello. And Evan James, Podcast Engineer and Audio Expert. Audio Savant, some might say. Uh, here at Lookout Landing and across this good internet, Evan. Savant, I like that. Yeah, I actually, we're trying. I work with a like a, a legit engineer. It's not that I'm not legit, but I'm like an internet audio engineer, and I work with a guy who actually does in-person audio engineers, and he's he's wonderfully critical of a lot of my work, and I just <laughs> I adore it because he's just he's so good at what he does. But yeah, I'll, I'll take all that. We love a constructive critique. Um. So today, the goal is relatively straightforward. This is, in as much as anything, our AL West and Seattle Mariners season preview. Um, We are essentially all set on the Mariners opening day roster. The M's on uh, Tuesday morning made their final list of moves, sending down um, the few remaining potential outfielders in Billy Hamilton and Stevens Jr., as well as uh, Devin oh. Sweet and uh, I'm forgetting who the other... Uh, oh, Wyatt, Wyatt Mills. Mills. Wyatt, Wyatt Mills, yes. Um, who were all ostensibly competing for another roster spot for the 28-man roster to open April. Now, we have only 28 healthy players left in camp, which means 
we've got a set roster. Um, that functionally means congratulations to Matt Festa, who was a seventh round pick in 2017 or 2016, rather the same year as Kyle Lewis. And so sort of by a, by one way of accounting is the longest tenured Mariners player on the uh, opening day roster and also the least likely to me. Um, sort of drafted the day after drafted the day after Kyle Lewis. I mean, and... Donnie, Donnie Walton also is in. Oh, that that's crew. true. But, mm-hmm. but won't I make, was looking but... it up because I went to go put it in my roster preview. I was like, Oh, Matt Festa, longest tenured player, not named Kyle Lewis. And then, uh, first of all, you have to say consecutive because Misevich is that's technically true. longer tenured, but had that little boarding school experience where he went to Tampa Bay. That's true. But and Donovan Walden didn't make didn't make the opening day roster. So and Joe Joe Rizzo's in there too. Yeah, that's I mean, true. I guess uh, on the opening day roster. Who, on the over. opening day roster, sure, sure, sure. Because right. Lewis Kyle Lewis is on the. It just got list, to be too many Lewis. things. It was too many things that I had to uh, <laughs> asterisk, so I yeah. left it off. No, but yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a classic, uh, effectively wild fun fact sort of debate of like how many caveats does this require to become a fun fact um i'll let you be the judge but uh certainly fun for mr matt festa and for the other 27 members of the mariners opening day roster so what we're going to do today on the pod is we are going to sort of go through uh doing some compare and contrasting on uh the rest of the al west we did this on the site um, Jake Mailhot, uh, along with Isabel Manassian and a few other members of our staff chipped in. Kate, you and I, I know, did a little bit. Um, and I, I think a we little had... bit, I did like three of them. <laughs> okay, all right, sure, sure, sure. I Fair did enough. a little bit. Fair enough. Um, just trying to, you know, outline what the what the AL West is going to look like because it's going to look a little different than it has in years past. Um, And so we wanted to go through that on here. And um, I think it's reasonably safe to say um, two teams. Well, it's reasonably safe to say Oakland going to be the worst team in the division, right? Are we all comfortable saying that? Oakland is the worst team you said? Yes. Ooh, you know what? I'm going to say no. Ooh. Okay. What do you think? Texas? You think Texas is worse than Oakland? With Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager? I don't ever trust Oakland to completely fall off the rails. They're just too smart as an organization to like really tank, even if it seems like they're trying to. And I don't trust the Angels to have anything go well. So that's Mm. that's my bold prediction. (laughs) Uh, that, That is a hot take. I do not think it is correct because, unfortunately, I think the Angels will be annoying this year. With a fully healthy Otani, fully healthy Trout, um, even though he is a, a somewhat more aged Trout. Some might say he's a smoked Trout. Lightly smoked <laughs> Trout. <laughs> but, uh, you, I mean, even... You should be very a, proud of that. Of course I am. <laughs> uh, but a lightly smoked Trout is still a... Uh, is still a, still a, a delicacy. Piece of fish. Yeah, That's exactly. True. And That's something true. that we've not had in a long time. So, I, I, don't, I don't know. I do feel comfortable saying Oakland just because they're trying to be the worst team in the division. They are. So, they are. 
Uh, they, they, and I think Montas is probably gone at the trade deadline, and I think um, Manaea is probably gone in the next couple weeks here. He as is gone. As, he's, he's gone. Oh, wait, he's gone. He's gone. That's right. He's, he's, gone. he's in Padre. I totally forgot. They yes, kind of I've been a while, but they have slowly kind of finished up the fire sale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, all that has to happen, they do need to to sell Montes at some point. And what has to happen is New York has to just decide, like, hey, we're not spending money, apparently, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, The Yankees, I mean, obviously, not the Mets, who let money flow through their hands like water. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Yankees have gotten weirdly tight-fisted. Uh, mm. Like, you, you know, your miser uncle, all of a sudden, super weird. You're like, my man, you live in, like, a, a brownstone... In Manhattan, you're sitting on a cool 10 mil. What are what are you doing? Mm. Uh, but yes, yeah, they've gotten weirdly tight-fisted. They also, though, have gotten tight-fisted with prospects, which is weird. Like, they don't want to give up Volpe, which honestly, who that makes sense. Like, he's their shortstop for the future. Right. But they're holding a bunch of, like, Peraza. Is it Peraza who I'm thinking of? Mm-hmm. Oswaldo. Yeah, who also like projects for the same role. So like, why not right. just? I mean, aren't you supposed to be good now? I, like, I don't get it. I don't get what's going on. I never sympathize with the Yankees fans, but ugh, I feel like I'm being forced to sympathize with them right now because, like, no, what are they me. doing? What are Cer- they doing? Certainly, yeah, no. Their Yankees fans are correct to be upset, mm-hmm. um, but that but is not, not the same as sympathy. sympathy. Yeah, no. okay, that's no. fair. It's that's two fair. different yeah, things, right? right? They right, they're right, justified right. to be hot, uh, but no. Um, yeah, you're right. I, but anyway, I think yeah. Montes I think Montes eventually goes, and he should go to them like immediately. But I don't know what's going to precipitate that. But I don't see him finishing the year in their rotation. So they're they're banking on a lot of health out of a lot of unhealthy guys like uh, AJ Puck, who is I guess a reliever now. And oh, what's his other name? Dalton Jeffries, and yeah. just a lot None, of guys just, who have not been healthy. Who huge yeah. upside, and if they yeah. all like are magically healthy and hit that upside, they could be extremely annoying. And you know, we know that we know that Oakland can be annoying. They they pull these these tricks, but it it was really stark to watch that spring training game broadcast from Oakland side and. They hate us. They hate the Mariners. They see the Mariners as having ruined their last chance to like be a championship team with that core, uh, or even be a playoff team. And they are just cooking, cooking in an anger stew about it. And it was like a very weird turnaround feel. But I'm not mad about it. Yeah, no. that warms my heart to hear that they dislike mm-hmm. us so much mm-hmm. after all this time. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the beat writers tweeted like. Mariners doing Mariners-y things because they were beating up on Oakland. I was like, oh, is is that the dynamic now? A weird shift. Just delectable. Um well let's start with uh let's start with the lineups. That's the that's the chunkiest grouping here. Um there's quite a bit going, and you may hear um a, a growling creature in the background. Uh I apologize. I will try to work around that. Um Let's start with let's start alphabetical order, nice and simple here. The Angels are rocking their typical stars and scrubs. Um, the stars are very good. The scrubs are still pretty suspect. Scrubby, very scrubby. still pretty scrubby. Um, they've especially because David Fletcher looks like 
I mean, kind of toasty. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I don't, I don't. Like maybe it was all just kind of magic, but I don't. I am so <laughs> surprised that how because that's not the type type of player I think is falling off a cliff. You know, like the high contact speed and defense. Like there's a reason they gave him a big old contract extension, and right. he just he could not. Mans could not buy a barrel last year, so I don't. I mean, it's him. And then the two that I always mix up, Taylor, because they're both TW, and one is Taylor and one is Tyler. It's Wade and uh, Tyler Wade's gone. He's a Yankee, which is no small. Oh, oh wait, no, he is back. He is back. Sorry, yeah, yes, it no, is Tyler no, Wade. But and Taylor I wrote Ward. this preview. I wrote this preview. I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I've made a terrible mistake. But no, 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 <laughs> it is Tyler Wade and Taylor, Taylor Ward. Ward. Oh, yeah, see, it is. No, it is. A, that it should is be illegal. Up. That should be illegal. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're depending on... Because they didn't pay for one of the so- shortstops. Like, they're depending on <clears throat> Jack Mayfield and Luis Rangifo. And, yeah, it's, a perpetually injured Matt Duffy. Like It is ooh. really... Uh, it, it is hard to fully process, like, how... The, like, the, the Angels are, in many ways, how good could you possibly make a lineup in 2022 when you don't try to have a good shortstop or second baseman? Like, when, like the m- middle of the infield, the places that many teams are, like, trying to build a star around, and they said, we're going to take a below-average shortstop, and we're also going to take a below-average second-base platoon. Like, it's really... Really, I mean, obviously, they're spending tons they, and tons of money. And, Iglesias like, isn't even there anymore. And no, he's, he was uh, like, yeah, he was at least defensively above average. So, like, yeah. okay, maybe your infield isn't producing hits, but like, at least nothing's getting through, and they're right. they're they're helping out your pitching staff, which is also suspect. Right. So, and and Fletcher's probably fine, but but you know, and maybe he bounces back, but like he's. Better at second base than he is at shortstop. He's a he's a very good second baseman. I don't know if he's a good shortstop, and he's you know his hitting. We'll see. Uh, so that that is nice, right? If you're if you're matching that up, the Mariners and having JP and Frazier and Toro as sort of the up the middle there. You know, there's three better. I would say three better players, or at least two better players, before you get to the best middle infielder in Anaheim. Um, so that's been that's a promising component. The trade-off, of course, again, the top four of this lineup is Otani, Trout, Jared Walsh, who looks pretty legit and already I kind of loathe had some Mariner killery moments, like that bat drop home run that he hit um, on one of the one of the final weekend games, um, and then Anthony Rendon, who has been pretty injured, but if he's back again, you know, he is quite good. Um, you know, and then it's much like the Mariners in a sense, do Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh actually rise up to their potential this year to some degree, or are they still very inconsistent uh, in the outfield? Because that's where I think the, the angels could be scary is just, you know, if Adele and Marsh actually, you know, realize some of that power and rangy defense potential that they've really, really struggled with. Um, 
then I think we're looking at a much more potent Angels team that has a, a lineup that's six deep or seven deep as opposed to four deep or five deep. I think the big question for me looking at that lineup is who actually stays healthy? And I don't like doing that kind of analysis because you could say that about any team in, in all of baseball. And like, I realistically have thought that about the Mariners a lot that like health will be the determining factor in whether or not they can overplay their hand. But the difference is that the Mariners have 21 year olds who need to overplay their hand, you know, 22 year olds, people who are really fresh. And uh, the Angels are trying to get Mike Trout to stay healthy for a full season, which I think at this point we maybe shouldn't count on. And that isn't to say he's going to miss months at a time. But I would I would bet on at least one like injury lip injury list trip for Mike Trout in any given season at this point. Um, I also think I don't have any idea what Rendon is going to be anymore. Um, he is kind of like Suarez for the Mariners in the sense that he could absolutely come back and be like a three and a half win player, even better than that. And he certainly has pedigree to be better than that. And his underlying skill set theoretically hasn't degraded based on the kind of injuries he's had. But he also actually hasn't been healthy enough to play in basically two years. Um, you know, he's played. I think he played a little bit last year, but was ninety nine percent on the on the uh, the injured list. So, if you don't get as much as you're hoping for from in those those two guys in particular, the team is Otani and a bunch of maybes. And yeah, like Joe Adele could figure it out, and Jared Walsh could be a real issue. But if they're not supplemented by you know, seven win Mike Trout, the Angels feel much more pedestrian. And I just, I don't know if I feel like they have the the magic that the Giants did once upon a time or even in the last couple of years to like sustain that kind of older core. And they do. They remind me actually quite a bit of like the Cano Cruz Mariners where mm-hmm. it can go right, but it also might be rocky when they spend time on the injured list and the rest of the team is soft around them. I think the Cano Cruz Mariners comp is a pretty apt one. It is, you know, the the they might get three six win players and still be running short. Like it's it's yeah, they are definitely the scariest team in terms the scariest team that might win seventy five games to me. I guess. Um, Oh, I mean, I would laugh, but I feel like that is such... I just feel like with... We've been playing sort of like how I've been ducking COVID this whole time. Like, I just (laughs) consistently have not gotten COVID. And now that I've bragged about it, I probably will. Mm -hmm. Knocking wood. Um, But it just feels like like at some point it's going to happen. Like, at some point, all that talent... You cannot have two... MVP superstar generational talents and just not do anything with them all the time. Like it's just gotta happen, you know? And so I always feel like every year I'm like, every year I'm like, this is the year every year. So I will always say it. And one of these years I will be right. I wholeheartedly, I understand the sentiment, but I wholeheartedly disagree with the fact that it has to go well at some point, because I think they are a bad organization from top to bottom. I, I think the ownership medals, I think that they're GM. As much as we complain about the Mariners, I think the Angels are tenfold worse. Oh, yeah. They're much more like kind of the Zorensic era, but in, in terms of results, but I think they're worse in certain ways. I think that their actual player scouting is pretty mixed, and that's why they pay so much for expensive free agents and wind up letting them go with $28 million left on their contracts is because 
they do a bad job bringing prospects up and then they do wind up paying up these free agents and they're not good for very long. And the story of the Angels really over the last decade has been stars and scrubs and scrubs kind of on or stars kind of on their way out, right? Like Mike Trout, really Mike Trout has elevated the Angels from a basement team to like a middling one for years now. And in the absence of that, they're just not very good. And they don't seem to do much around him that indicates to me that they are intelligent in terms of baseball moves the same way that maybe the Mariners are or the Rays definitely certifiably are. You know what I mean? Like the Angels are the anti-Rays in a lot of ways to me. That is honestly pretty accurate. Like all of the gifts in the world and goofing it up as opposed to spending nothing whatsoever and somehow thwart and in a, in a, I mean, if they were in Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's pop over to the Astros, uh, who are obviously the, uh, well, they are the reigning champs. They are the sort of big bullies of the division still. Um, even with last year taking a sort of step back in terms of, oh, they only won 95 games. They only went Um, to the, the world series. So, right. And, you know, it was only their fifth straight trip to the ALCS. Um, yeah, you know, just a real on the decline group. Um, I think this is a group that is <clears throat> slated for possible decline, uh, only because so many of their particulars are much older. They've got Jose Altuve, Michael Brant. Jose Altuve is thirty-two. Michael Brantley's thirty-five. Yuli Gurriel is thirty-eight. Martin Maldonado and Jason Castro who are going to be their catchers are both 35. Their, their utility players are in their thirties with the Diaz and Nico Goodrum. Um, but the problem is they're still, uh, they're still able to rely on their top three players. And those top three players are quite young and quite good, right? We're looking at Alex Bregman. who's 28, we're looking at Jordan Alvarez, who's 25, and we're looking at Kyle Tucker, who is also 25. And this is still a really, really nasty lineup. Um, That said, I think there are some holes. Uh, They're they're definitely in in a more vulnerable position uh, than they've ever been. Um, I guess, would, would you guys agree on that, that this is the most vulnerable the Astros have looked out the gate? Uh, in the lineup in the past, you know, really since Jerry DePoto took over? Yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe the dawning of the setting sun over the Astros' empire. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sun is set, setting. Mm-hmm. But, you know... You, Dusk? It didn't didn't hurt did not hurt Great Britain too much when they yeah. started uh, started losing all the colonies and uh, you know a lot of the world still speaks English so yeah. uh, unfortunately yeah there are lasting effects and and it's Alvarez and Tucker are just going to be continually painful for us so I think that this year the fate of the division largely rests on Jeremy Pena. And uh, whether he is, like, a serviceable replacement for Correa, the same as Correa, which I think is a huge and ridiculous, and I would give that, like, a less than 5% potential outcome. 
um, that he would be as good or better than Correa, like, hopefully. And I think the wide, wide band of outcome is that he's, you know, not peak Correa, but sort of mid-Correa. Like, he'll provide some pretty strong defense and uh i don't i don't i just don't know how it's gonna play he has 30 at bats above a ball which i think they're asking a lot out of him um but you know astro's player development is what it is for a reason so yeah i think that literally a lot hinges because he's the shortstop because he's replacing such a key franchise player in korea um I think so much of what happens for the Astros and therefore for the division, because they are the lead domino and have been for so many years, um, depends on what he does, which, whew, good luck, kid. I hate the Astros. Throw it out there. <laughs> I hate them. I predicted last year that they were going to fall off and they didn't. And they went to the World Series. So, you know, clearly I know exactly what I'm talking about all the time. <laughs> uh, I'm just my reputation is sterling when it comes to predicting things like this. Mm. Um but here, here's my issue with predicting the Astros' downfall is that they're not actually that old. I think sometimes I kind of lied to myself and was like, you know, they're full of kind of an aging core and the core is going to age and price itself out. And you guys are going to leave and then they're going to be back to being kind of regular dudes for a couple of years. It really hasn't actually happened. Like Bregman is sticking around. Um, like you said, some of their younger guys are, you know, under 25. Um, Correa is a huge loss. He's obviously in the discussion for like the most electric player in the league when he's healthy and he's hitting on all cylinders. Uh, you can't replace that. Like you're just, you're not going to replace that with the same value in any one player, probably in any two players. But other than that, they went to the world series last year and they're getting back, you know, realistically, Justin Verlander is a question mark. And I really thought that their pitching could kind of fall apart in any given year. I could see it not being as good. But I don't know. I'm, I have a hard time looking at this roster. I'm actually looking at both the projections on Fangrass right now and reading Kate's article about it. Um, there's just a lot of freaking talent here. Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of things yeah. have to go not super well for it to for them to be bad. And I don't mean like not great. There's a lot of realities in which they win like 90 to 95 games. And that's kind of like a middling result for them. But if we're talking like they're going to win 80 games or 78 games or something like things have to really spiral out of control. Um, somebody has to be injured who's pretty essential. You know, maybe Jordan doesn't play very much. Um, maybe Bregman, you know, injures a shoulder or something like that. But you're, I don't like, again, coming back to health and being like, injuries will decide the season for such and such team because that is true of all teams. But they seem like a pretty decent bet, especially relative to the Angels to me to like, to be as good as I expect them to be and to stay mostly healthy. And also I hate saying it because they're dirty cheaters and their front office is like notoriously filled with people who are maybe a little toxic in the baseball scene for one reason or another, um, without getting specific in any of that. And I don't like rooting for them, but I'm, it's very evident to me that they are ahead of the curve as far as baseball decision-making in a lot of ways to the average team. I don't think they're the Rays, but they're certainly not the Angels either. Um, they're just a good team. They draft well. They make. They really seem to maximize, in particular, what they get from pitchers. Kate has said numerous times on this podcast, long even before I was a member, that they seem to have 
the Astros seem to be just so gifted at finding no-name pitchers and having them suddenly throw 97 miles an hour out of spring training and stuff like that. So um, I'm this is a, a 180 from the Angels where I do not trust them as a baseball organization. I do trust Houston as a baseball organization, and I don't like it as a Mariners fan. I don't like it at all, but that's how right. I feel. Right, and it is... The the youth and the rotation is the frustrating part, or is the challenging part, I suppose. Because Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia last year, very impressive. Jose Urquidy was hurt for a good amount of last year, but yeah, I mean it's it, it's going to be a more solid rotation. And even you know whether Verlander is all the way back or not, whether he's able to be Justin Verlander, who knows? But that is unfortunately going to be. Um, that's sort of, I think, where it's going to swing for them because I think their lineup is going to be good. Um, and sort of similarly, Anaheim is, is you know, as long as Otani is healthy and once Syndergaard is healthy, theoretically, you know, that's going to be good stuff. It's whether the other six people that they're running out there, you know, Griffin Canning's already hurt. Um, you know, they've someone else, I can't remember who else, but they've already got a few pitchers out. You know, so they, I'm I'm real skeptical uh, on them in a way that, like you said, I'm just a lot more. Uh, I've got a lot more faith in Houston to piece it together, unfortunately, like they did last year. Um, let's get into Oakland, who, you know, I disparaged quite a bit, and I stand by every every single bit of it. Um. There's not. It sounds like there's a butt coming, but there's not. Uh, it's just that it, it's it's a rough roster, and uh, and they should kind of feel bad about it. Um, this is a group of players that really, it's really hard to see upside in. Um, this looks a lot like the 2015, um the 2015 athletics club, which was the first of their three straight last place finishes, um, you know, after the Donaldson trade, when they sort of shipped out a bunch of people and they got Brett Laurie and they didn't, you know, there's not even like a Marcus Semyon here who is that sort of young high ceiling player. I guess you could say Christian Pache, but it's really, it's a lot of, so-so veterans and, you know, Sean Murphy and Ramon Laureano, who are good players, but they're just not, I don't think they're going to be stars to build around. So I, I don't know when the next good A's team is coming, but I don't think it's soon. How do we feel they did in terms of the fire sale? Do you guys like the returns they got, generally speaking? <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I think a lot depends on how you feel about Pache's bat. Yeah. Like, he's a yeah. great defender. And I don't know if Oakland, which is okay at developing hitters, I don't know if they're going to be able to develop him in a way that Atlanta didn't. Um, and, you know, he hasn't done a ton yet, so it, it's early to be passing judgment, but... I would say, and I mean, Oakland did help Laureano, who was a fairly light hitter, kind of blossom and develop, although apparently mm -hmm. also apparently so did steroids. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it depends a lot on what 
Pache provides in return, I was not particularly impressed with, like, the pitching they got back. Although they, yeah. And they sent away Jesus Luzardo. So I forgot about that. I was going to say, oh, well, you know, they've got. No. No. It's no, they really. They, yeah. they stripped out a lot of guys last year. And what they got back, I don't think is. I don't think any of what they got back is a Jesus Luzardo. No, I think you're spot on in terms of if you really believe in Pache. And Pache, you know, Pache was a top, like top five prospect in baseball, even higher than that for some places because he was this, um, you know, sort of Byron Buxton type player in terms of super athletic, strong, one of the fastest players in the league was going to be a gold glove defender the moment he started. And, you know, he was getting stronger and, you know, hit the ball hard. So, you know, as long as the bat came along as he got older, he was going to be a star. That's still possible because he's 23. But his bat has not, there's not been like, the process has not looked encouraging. And maybe that change of scenery matters for him. But I'm I'm skeptical. So is Cedar, apparently. Cedar does not believe in the Oakland Athletics. Cedar, <laughs> yeah. Cedar does not not think that they got enough from Matt Chapman. No, showing that great uh, doggy intuition, he is 100%, 100% correct, in addition to being just a little baby. He's just a baby. Um, <laughs> one thing I will note, we haven't really touched on the bullpens for... Uh, Anaheim or for Houston because both of them are pretty normal bullpens. I that's sort of like a weird way of framing it, but like the Angels have a very good closer in Rysel Iglesias. They also have a few, few probably quite solid relievers like Ryan Tapera and Aaron Loop. The rest is sort of whatever. The Astros, sort of same thing. They got Ryan Presley, he's very good. They got Hector Neris and Ryan Stanek, they're probably decent. The rest of it, eh. Houston or Oakland does not. Oakland has a lot of real. I'm looking at skits at they Oakland's have Ryan Blackburn, who might be in their rotation. Uh, they have Paul AJ Blackburn? Puck. Paul Blackburn, sorry. Uh, they have AJ Puck, who yeah, is broken. I think, I think is probably broken. Yeah. yeah. They've got and, Lou Trevino, who like I always think is good, and yeah, then I look at his right? numbers. Yeah, right. He was good I, for a while. What happened? He was he, he was, was still- good for a while. I don't know, but the, it has been a sort of fun mental trick where it's like, oh, Lou Trevino's coming in, and then the Mariners light him up, and I'm like, well, that's awesome because Lou Trevino's a good reliever. But that can right, only right, happen right. so many times before right. I have to realize Lou Trevino might not be that good of a reliever. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, and then yeah, I, no, their bu- their bullpen is heavily suspect. I think the Angels. I mean. The other thing is, in addition to getting Syndergaard, who is uh, a big risk, like right, and is already doing is a little and is already slow. a little a little hurt. Uh, yeah. They did not do the kinds of upgrades to their rotation that I thought they needed to. Mm-hmm. They upgraded their bullpen a bunch, which I was they like, did. "That's great," but like, what is the point of having a beautiful gazebo when the house is falling down? Like. That's- <laughs> <laughs> to me, that does not make sense. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, con- I would classify the Angels' bullpen as above average, although not like world-beating or anything. Not like the Dodgers. 
And yet it's all they sort of focused on other than getting Cindergard. So, you know, you're you're expecting Reed Detmers to make a huge step forward, which is a little questionable because he is um, you know, just a little baby, although not in the cute cedar way. Um <laughs> I mean, Detmer's. Uh, well, Canning's, Canning's starting the year on the sixty-day yeah. aisle again. Yeah, no, Detmer's. Uh, yeah. I like Detmer's. I just, yeah, Detmer's. Detmer's. I think yeah. is going to be their best pitcher this year, which is Ooh. like not a hot take. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it is considering Syndergaard, but... but he's right. Yeah, him. And that's the thing. That's the thing. How about this? Detmer's, I think, will be their most consistent pitcher this year. Sure. Different than yeah, I mean, Otani. Otani yeah. threw what 120 innings last year or something like that. Yeah. So you know, yeah, which is after like, that weird all... thing where like Joe Madden left him in to get an additional at bat against the Mariners that didn't even like pay off, and he wound up throwing 110. He threw a hundred over a hundred pitches like three times in the last month of the season for an Angels team that was already out of it. It was. Such a weird usage, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what his arm is used to, and, and he'll be even better for it. I thought it was foolish because, you, to me, you only get a certain number of bullets in the arm. But, um, I mean, I do think Otani will have a lot of health because I believe in bad things happening to the Mariners and... Um, you know, just general cursedness of having the two generational talents of baseball both be <laughs> division rivals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it is so, to me, it is so hard to bet on his health and just what he's doing is so difficult. And, mm. you know, there's the Shohei Otani rule that will theoretically allow him to produce even more value this year by being able to stay in games, but... That's also is, a lot of wear and tear on a guy who has a lot of injuries. Yeah. Um, I think it, it is it is a nice thing to look at this when at these rotations, and certainly will be the case when we talk about Texas in just a sec here, uh, when you compare it to the Mariners' rotation, which is not flawless and certainly I think could be better and realistic, in my opinion, honestly, still should be a little better. Um I still think that they should have or should find a move to add a starter at some point um, in the first half of the year. But you look at Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flexen, I think that is a more stable top four than anyone in the division except Houston probably has right now. Um, And... It depends, obviously, on how Matt Brash shapes up, but you know, there's there's a lot I think in in the uh, in the comparison there that is that is very promising. You you even if you don't expect Ray to fully repeat last year, he's still going to be, you know, one of the best pitchers, maybe the best pitcher in the division, depending on uh, you know health and health and whatnot, which is not. I don't. I'm not going to say it's going to be exceptional, but I'm saying I don't think the Mariners had any reason to claim that that not could I'm be not the case. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm trying to think through who the candidates are for best pitcher in the division and see if well, there are. Because I will go. say, I think I think Ray is better than Verlander at this point. Uh, I do think that so. Could be. I do think so. That could be. Um, 
I think you're looking at him. I think you're looking Verlander at Montas, so but I think we agree. He's, he's very a long layoff. Montas <laughs> think, is good, but, but I think he's I mean, the be Mariners good. a little like, month I, the other day. Right. That's true. Well, and end in the season. Um, <laughs> you know, you could see Syndergaard having a resurgence, but certainly we haven't seen that the 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 lead up to that yet. Yeah. Um and you know whether Otani can repeat last year and also whether he can throw as many innings. Let's we'll put see. it this way. If I was betting on the if I was betting on the best pitcher in the AOS, I would bet on Robbie Ray because I think he's the safest pitcher. He's the like, likeliest Otani, to throw like 200 innings. Yeah, exactly. Otani, if we're cool. looking at the end of the season and like war accumulated or whatever, I would. I think he's the safest. Yeah, he's the safest best bet to pitch the most at a high level. Like other guys might outdo him. Syndergaard might outdo him. Otani might outdo him. But I just don't feel as confident betting on their health. Verlander. You know, same thing. Like, the other ones all have question marks as far as health goes. And I just think in this weird year, like, this weird short spring training, and I that, to me, and this is objective, like, I would say this, whether Ray was on my team or not, like, objectively, I would go with the safe bet. And I, I feel like Robbie Ray is the safe bet. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, let's pop down to the Rangers, where... <laughs> no safe bets. Only only rowdy bets um, are made. They've got obviously the two massive additions uh, of Marcus Semyon and Corey Seager, who are going to probably be their one, two, or two, three hitters. Um, they also added Mitch Garver to catch, uh, who might be their third best player. So it's very possible that they've added their three strongest, you know, certainly by, at least by Fangraph's projections, um, that is the case that they added their three best players this winter. Um, and then they've got kind of a lot of question marks. They've got a lot of players who don't have a lengthy track record of full years of success. You know, they've got, Cole Calhoun and Brad Miller starting in their outfield. They've got Adolis Garcia in center who started really hot, really fell off. They've got Willie Calhoun and Nick Solak who cannot play, who are utility players in the sense that they don't have any position that they play well. Um, they've got Matt Carpenter to hang out, I guess. Um, yeah, I, you know, this is just a, a weird lineup that I think is going to hit quite well and is going to be kind of rough on defense and also that might not matter much because they might just be watching a lot of balls fly over the fence yeah who's supposed to get out for the rangers like legit question who is who's going to retire major league hitters before they reach bases yeah, it's like so is, it's a pretty critical question john gray is their ace and john gray <laughs> is always been a fascinating player indeed um and like an enticing player but not necessarily like a really good player um now granted he was pitching in colorado he was pitching for the rockies he was a classic like his era always was above his fip kind of thing um so he has long been sort of someone that like 
people even just at a glance would say, oh, this guy seems like he should be having better numbers. Um, you know, he's a ground ball pitcher, so hopefully for them, he's going to be getting a lot of balls to Semin and Seager. But, I mean, after that, oy vey. Martin Perez, who is who was washed like three years ago, Dane Dunning and Spencer Howard, who are interesting, but not, you know, not established. Um, Taylor Hearn. Taylor Hearn, who the Mariners have seen a lot, mostly in relief or in starts that did not make it past the second inning. Um, I mean, this is, it's, it's kind of wild to me, I guess, that this team didn't sign uh you know, th- this was not where Tyler Anderson ended up, and they said, "Look, we <laughs> we need somebody to throw uh, more than 150 innings." Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't sign Robbie Ray for what the Mariners offered. Like yeah. realistically, yeah. they need like three starting pitchers that are they, not I on feel, this roster. I feel yeah. like some people, like just as much as you have the oh, they didn't want to come to Seattle, they didn't want to come to the Northwest. Like I think didn't want to go to Texas is equally valid. And yeah, um, I know Texas like likes their crop of pitching that's coming up, and yeah. they went with the let's secure the position players mm-hmm. and we'll find pitching wherever, which yeah. uh, is a strategy. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I think good position players are hard to find and will help your roster out and if you're willing to commit that money to them long term. I think that they they took advantage of what was abundant in this class, which was, you know, a particularly strong group of middle infielders. And right. it's something I kind of wish the Mariners had done. But yeah, absolutely. Um, um, would have been cool. I, I I get that. I get that. But I, I either I don't know if they like wanted to spend the money on Robbie Ray, but it's also possible that he was like, no, I want to go where the good wine is. So Goes both ways. (laughs) Um, For the record, I was rooting for the Rangers really hard to sign Trevor Story because I thought that them signing all three of the premium shortstops would have been really fascinating to see, just genuinely. And it didn't happen, but it it was a cool story for a minute there. Would have been fun. I would have liked it for Joe in particular because he would have been rooting for the weirdest team of all time. Um. I do think, man, I won't say that I trust in the the Rangers on this choice, but I do respect it, like you said. And I also think they are, I think, banking on Simeon and Seeger being good for many years to come, which I think is a reasonable enough bet. They're not that old. Um Seager's 28, Semyon's 31. So taking this year, I guess, to figure out, okay, which of these pitchers, these young pitchers look like they're actually something isn't the wildest thing. And if it's, oh, a lot of them are something, then we're suddenly looking at a very different, uh, you know, Rangers roster here. It's just really hard for me to expect that, they're going to be able to to pull that off. Um, and their bullpen does not offer them a lot of support. Garrett Richards already is going to be on the IL. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's you know, they're going to miss Jose Leclerc, who I think is was going to be their closer, um, and Jonathan Hernandez. So 
this is a rough group. I mean, Greg Holland is 36 years old and he might be the best reliever in this, in this bullpen. Um, and it's not 2014. So, um, you know, again, I think Seattle has so long as Seattle's bullpen by and large holds up to where it was last year or something close to it. I think this is again, an, a, a situation where Seattle has an edge on realistically the rest of the division um it's it's really going to come down to the m's are betting on their lineup being better than expected and a lot of these other teams i think are betting on their rotation being better than expected is which Mm -hmm. i think and i you know i like the bet i like the bet i don't think it's enough necessarily for them to overcome Houston this year, but it's why I said I think they'll make the playoffs this year in in our predictions article, which publishes, I believe, on Wednesday. So that should be uh should be out by the time you're listening to this or soon after on the site. Um you know I think Houston still has it, but this you know this is a high, high variance situation where Real, you know, for the first time in quite a while, I think you could you could look at every team in this division and say, eh, "There's something there. There's something. There's there's a way. There's a way that this could work out." But I think Seattle is much closer to working out than anyone else uh, besides Houston. Philosophical question: um, What do you guys think of John Daniels? Because I just. He's been around forever. Like the reality is, is that GMs and presidents of baseball operation kind of have like a, you know, six to eight year life cycle in the absence of World Series rings. You know, obviously when you have like a um, a situation like the San Francisco Giants, some of that front office sticks around for longer and for more eras just because they see so much success. That hasn't really been the case in Texas. And there's a real argument that they sort of, I don't know if rebuilding is the right term, but they definitely switched gears over the last couple of years, building a new stadium and kind of like reducing payroll to some degree, being bad and then reinvesting in this off season. But I've sort of gotten the impression that they're very comfortable for lack of a better term. I think they are comfortable not being very good. I think they are comfortable filling out their giant stadium, not being very good. I think that they signed big ticket players for big ticket money because they think it will sell out their stadium. Again, their focus doesn't seem to be on a sustainable baseball foundation. It seems to be on ticket sales. And that's what baseball is. Like baseball is an entertainment sport. And fundamentally it is Daniel's job to sell tickets on some level. It's an entertainment thing, but I don't know how good they actually are as a baseball organization because it feels like they've been in the wilderness. Um, what's your read on that and how that relates to the Mariners? I think they were adrift for a while. Um, and I think in the last few years, they've made some moves. Um, you know, they they were sort of regarded as the... the the uh, the model franchise. That's what I was looking for. They were the model franchise in like the late 2009s, the early 2010s. You know, they were honestly in sort of a similar spot to where Seattle was or Seattle is right now in terms of really, really well regarded farm system, 
and they were coming off winning records. They then went on a tear of winning. Uh, they won the division how many years in a row? Uh, at least two or three. They made the World Series back-to-back years. Um, yeah, 2010, 2011, they made the World Series back-to-back years. Um, 2012, they won 93 games and made the wild card. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had four 90-win seasons. Um, and then it sort of dipped. They got back up. They won the division again two more times. And they've been sort of adrift for a while since then. So um, I know they brought in Chris Young, former Mariner great Chris Young, uh, to be their uh, GM to sort of serve under Daniels. But I, I don't have a total sense of how that dynamic works. Um, however, I know they've been trying to improve their reputation for pitching development. Um, I think they've added a lot of sort of sweeping, uh, sweeping breaking balls to a lot of their pitchers, which is something that uh, certainly could be um, is sort of in vogue, and we'll see how that manifests. Um, but I'm I do think there's some I do think there's definitely a we need to get people in this gigantic tin shed that we built. Uh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Well, we don't have any middle infield prospects. Let's sign some. And I respect it. I respect it because the alternative would have been they could have just wallowed for three more years, honestly, and just sort of rebuilt again. And I think they said, we're not going to just suck for forever. And we'll see whether that works out. Um, but hmm, I don't know. I don't know. You know, they're betting big on their player development right now. And that has really fallen flat in the past few years. So they need to be right this time. Kate, how do you feel about the, the Rangers and, and sort of the direction that they're taking? Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, they've, they built that new stadium. They've committed a bunch of money to it. Um, you know, they need to, they need to, and you know, I mean, they're doing the right things. Like they, they were active on the free agency market and they, um, you know, they're, they're, they're theoretically doing the right thing. So we'll see how long it takes for that to pay out. Um, I'm concerned about their pitching, but they've got, you know, they've got a, they've got a secretly really deep and good farm system. Um, I don't think it's like top tier, but they're, I think it's more role players than it is stars, but they're definitely, if they're willing to buy stars, um, I could see them leapfrogging the angels at some point with their combination of, you know, buying stars and then not quite as scrubby scrubs. So We'll see. Where do you guys give me your division predictions right now before we go? Because I know we need to get Evan out of here. Uh, where what are what are our division predictions for the season here? Oh my god! I, okay, I'm gonna need a sec to pull it up because I think I actually listed this uh, in the the lookout landing Slack projections or whatever that we did yesterday. I'm 90 percent sure I wrote this down. So, Kate, you go first. <laughs> Um, do I have to like do numbers or can I just do order? Order, order is fine. Order, order is fine. Uh, if you think they're making the playoffs? I mean, 
because I believe in a cold and godless universe, I think the angels win the division. And I am forced <laughs> to chew off my own hand typing about it. Um, I don't know. I just, I know I say every year's their year, but, and, and the only thing that's holding me back on them is they didn't pay for a shortstop. If they just paid for, yeah. not even like a star shortstop, like if they just paid for it, I mean, I feel like they could have paid Correa even for the deal he went to the twins on, mm-hmm. but that's a separate um, discussion because I actually wonder Two things. One, if he was going anywhere else based on that contract, because I have suspicions that like there were specific reasons he took that. But two, if the twins completely fall apart, which is not as far fetched actually as I think it might sound, um, if he I mean, is it last out of year. There. Yeah, exactly. Like if if this all goes to hell, is Sonny Gray and Korea out of Minnesota at the trade deadline? Like I honestly could see that. I could see them being the big buys. So Keep an eye on it. I will give my order, which is Houston, Seattle, a little bit of distance, Anaheim, Texas, or I guess Anaheim, a little bit of distance, Texas, a decent amount of distance, Oakland. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And I, I do think the Mariners sneak into the playoffs. I don't think uh, so, but you know. I think I, I agree with you on everything else, like, except I think the Angels and the Astros are duking it out to be at the top. And I think the Rangers are a thorn in Seattle's side, even though I think ultimately Seattle finishes ahead of the Rangers. Uh, I think they are they are yeah. pesky enough to kind of pull Seattle down Uh and create some gaps between them and 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 I mean I know it's because I look at the Astros and I see a big question mark next to Pena the shortstop positions at both of both of the two teams that I'm predicting to be ahead of Seattle but I just I look I love the idea of our lineup and and I'm afraid that it's too high variance like I've been really nervous about what I've seen from Winker so far this this spring, like I know it's just spring, but I could see him being high variant. Like he he has struck out a lot, and I just wonder how long it takes him to get his timing back. Um, if he's somebody who, like Hanager, kind of takes a while to gear up his swing, um, you know, there are just so many question marks. We're we're hoping on a breakout from Kelnick. We're hoping on a breakout slash, you know, just a for Julio to meet those lofty projections that he's got. Uh, I think Suarez really worries me offensively. You know, there's just so much variance in this lineup, even though I recognize it's a much better lineup than last year. Um, I don't know if they'll be propelled by that same chaos magic that, that brought them together. So I, I don't know. I've talked myself into like, putting big question marks on the three teams that I see as leading the division with the Rangers kind of nipping at the Mariners heels. And then Oakland, I think is pretty safely in the basement. So I don't, I, I think this is a really hard division to predict because there is so much variability in it. Um, The safe pick is saying the Astros at the top, 
the Angels than the Mariners, I think, is the is the safe pick. But I could see the Angels sneaking ahead um, and overperforming, and I could see the Mariners, sadly, kind of underperforming. But I hope I'm wrong. I'm knocking wood that you are right, and they jump into the playoffs. Well, well, well. Oh, ye of little faith. I know, I know. I'm the I'm. I don't like having to be the pessimist on the podcast. Uh, people are like, man, can negative K. But I feel like somebody has to has to. We we can't all be like of one voice, you know. You're being we, very pragmatic and realistic I'm about realistic. it. It's, yeah, I'm being like, realistic. It's totally in fair. my heart of hearts. I want to see Julio just go out and crush everyone, and and for the other teams too crumble before him um and i think there's still like a like a shot that that happens but what do i again it, with projections i think it's like what do you feel most comfortable with saying and that is what i feel like is the likeliest outcome i agree that i think both of what you guys said is is the correct answer in terms of the likeliest outcome i don't think that factors in how bad some of these organizations are at just being a baseball team. Um, in particular, the angels, I just, it's been stated. I do not buy the angels as competent, coherent as like a professional baseball team. I think they are really good at signing expensive already stars and having them play up to whatever, however good they were in the first place. Um, and that includes stuff like hiring Joe Madden. I think, you know, they don't necessarily pick guys or bring people into the organization that they think are a good fit. They they just do name value stuff. And like long term, I don't think that works. I think that there are very strict limitations to that. So my actual predictions, I would go Houston number one because I'm just way too much of a coward to put them anywhere else. I'm going to go Seattle. I'm going to go. Oh, man. Oakland, Texas, Angels in that order. And I. Vaguely sketched out kind of what I think of the American League, and I think the definitive best teams are Houston, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Boston, and New York in the top tier. And then the second tier is Toronto, Seattle, Detroit, Minnesota, and potentially one of the ALS teams, whichever one pops off, be it Oakland or Texas or the Angels actually playing up to their projections, which I do not expect. Um, that's kind of how I see the tiers coming out. So that's my official prediction. And I really, really hope the Angels just disintegrate so <laughs> i mean in a morally just world i feel like the astros and the angels both disintegrate and the fun teams which is the rangers who did the right thing by investing a lot of money in their club and the mariners who are always who are who are just deserving of uh, and the fans i would say more the fans than the club itself are deserving of and Seattle is deserving of being a baseball town. And there's such a gap here. Like, the morally correct standings are Mariners, Rangers, Meteor, <laughs> everybody else. Yeah. I, it's a tough, um, it's a tough. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right. We don't, we do not live in just world. So, well, we do live in a just enough world that there will be Mariners baseball this week. I am we not going to say just, we live in a just justice or a justice world as All in right. Justice Sheffield. Who's oh on my the roster. God, I go back to the previous Kate. I hate this. 
<laughs> Whatever, Kate. I'll take, I'll take morose Remember Kate. this. Next time you're complaining about negative Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Oy vey. Uh, Bad joke, Kate. Oh, not liked. Yeah, Got it. A, Message yeah. received. <laughs> um, I won't say that we'll have Mariners baseball on Thursday because more likely than not, Minnesota uh, will have not be able to sling up a tarp over their uh over target field in time so uh um, losers yeah just daft daft stuff um but probably friday should be fine based on the weather so um we should get three nice baseball games with the Seattle Mariners this weekend and i am quite excited for that Julio who? You guys know that Julio made the team? Pretty oh, Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. Forget everything yeah. I said. Julio, yeah. so, Julio, Julio, Julio. Mariners in, to the World Series. Instead of like uh like the normal like sound exercises, that that should be our like vocal warm-up. Julio. Oh, so Julio. I was listening to the radio this morning and they were doing different Julio callouts and somebody did Julio as Let It Go from Frozen. And I hate it because it definitely works. There it is. Like it's mm-hmm. just it works mm-hmm. really well. It yeah, works real yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will we will be here to talk to y'all about it. Uh we'll likely be back next week uh with the season underway. Congratulations, everybody. Uh we 